Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. I cannot wait for you to listen because it is so, so good. Today, I have Amy Bernhardt on the show, and guys, she is an absolute gem, and I know that you are going to love her. She's a stepmom, a mom, an entrepreneur, someone who's all about personal development and pivoting in life. Guys, she's basically the same person as me. I could have talked to her forever. She's like me with a Southern accent. And in this episode, we get real about the work that we've done to save our marriages, our struggles as a stepmom, what we've had to do within ourselves to really find our place in this role. And we get real and dive into those early stepmom days. And guys, they were not pretty for either of us. Now, we want to know who is listening to this episode. So if you're listening, do us a favor and give us a tag on social media and let us know that you are tuning in. Be sure to tag at Jamie Scrimger and at Amy underscore Bernhard underscore so that we can say hi. Before we dive in, I do have something that I need to tell you. I am taking a little podcast break this summer. My goal this summer is to slow down, to spend more time with the kids, to work on projects that I've been pushing off. So this is going to be my last episode, and then I'm going to be back to catch up with you guys in September. I will still be posting weekly videos on YouTube and releasing exclusive content in the exclusive stepmom community and checking in on the private forum on a regular. So if you need me, you can come find me there. But guys, like I said, this episode is a good one. So I'm definitely leaving you for the summer with one of the best episodes yet. Let's dive in. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm excited. I am so excited that we finally, we've been trying to kind of hook this up for a little while now, and I'm excited that our schedules lined up and we can chat because there's just, I think we have so many things in common. So I'm so excited just to kind of dive into all the things. Yes, me too. um, I'm just honored to be here. This is like one of the topics that I'm most passionate talking about is just being a stepmom. So I'm honored that you um, are having me here. Yeah, well, it's something that we have to talk about, right? People don't typically talk about stepmotherhood. So I'm all about opening those conversations. So um, with that, for those who aren't familiar, can you kind of give us, uh, introduce yourself? What, What do you got going on? What are you all about? So I hope y'all sitting down. I got a lot going on. Um, So my name is Amy. I'm from South Louisiana. You might hear my accent when I get a little bit excited. I'm a a Cajun woman. And so I can get a little little crazy when I get excited. But um, I used to be a dental hygienist. So I went to LSU, got my bachelor degree. I was a dental hygienist. And then I got into network marketing about seven years ago, actually, seven years ago um, this month. And it really became my full-time gig. Um, but last year, I was really kind of forced to pivot. A year ago exactly this month, I was forced to pivot um, when my company that I was partnered with changed their business model. And so um, now, currently, 
I'm grateful for that company that I was partnered with for six years because I met my husband through that company. Um, he has a son from a previous marriage. So now I'm a stepmom. I've been a stepmom for four years. We have a two and a half year old little daughter who's like completely crazy and, but I love her so much. And now I'm basically working on writing my very first book, working on my book proposal. And I have some uh, interest with multiple publishers. And then I just relaunched a course to basically help network marketers build their business solely on social media. So in a nutshell, I am a stepmom. I am a wife. I am a business coach. And I am an author and a speaker in a nutshell. That was very long-winded. I apologize. No, it's perfect. And I love it. And you know what? I love that you're talking about how you have to pivot, right? And I often talk about how, and we can get into this more into the interview, but stepmom life and entrepreneurship and just life in general, like you need to be ready to pivot when something's not working or something happens. It's like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? We got to change our strategy. So I love, I we're super aligned on that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, and here's, here's where I used to be, uh, back in 2012 is I was just still, you know, I was waiting for all the opportunities to come to me, but my mindset was super negative and I just stayed still. And when I stayed still, and this is just my personal personality, but when I stay still, that's when my anxiety is the highest and you need to kind of almost give you the analogy of riding a bike. You know, when we stay still, and on a bike and we're trying to balance, you know, that is, that is difficult. It's hard. You know, we're scared to start pedaling because we're scared to fall. We have all of these emotions, but once we start pedaling and just get into movement, we're no longer scared of falling. And it's a lot easier to balance on a bike that's moving. And so for me, I just encourage, and I love to encourage women is just take a step in the direction that brings you excitement. If it doesn't bring you the excitement that you thought it would, guess what? You could step back and then you could shift and you could pivot and take a step forward. And that's really how I view life is something brings me excitement. I'm going to step forward and I'm going to shift or I'm Mm going to step back. And I kind of suck at dancing, but in the metaphorical analogy, you know, I feel like I'm kind of just dancing, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's really important to do in life. And I'm always encouraging people to kind of do an audit and say, okay, what's working for me right now? What feels good? What doesn't feel good? Okay. And I know it sounds simple and people sometimes are like, well, it's not really like that, but kind of is like do more of what feels good and less of what doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Like the prime example was last year when I actually lost my business, they changed our business model. Our full-time income literally got stripped out from under us within a day, like we were completely blindsided. But at the same time, it was so freeing because I was like, I have so much opportunity. Like I could literally choose whatever. And I like to go back to frozen Two. you know, we're all moms here. What is the next right move, but Mm -hmm. not the move that's going to change the trajectory of our life. No. What is just the next right move? And so I said, you know, what I'm so passionate about is really coaching women, especially coaching women in business. Um, And even if we want to niche it down, coaching women in business and network marketing, I want to coach women to build their business on social media. So I started it last year and it brought me anxiety because I was always on my phone. I did not know how to scale it. I did not know how to make it more automated so that, you know, my business was kind of working when I didn't have to work. And so it brought me anxiety. I was exhausted. So I stepped back 
And I said, you know what, this is, I'm just not ready for this right now. But what brings me joy? Writing. I love to write. And that's when I began to write and just continue forward in that direction. Yeah. And it's just about paying attention to how you feel and what feels right for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's dive into stepmotherhood for a minute. So how you have one step daughter, you said? So I have a stepson. Oh, stepson. He's eight and a half. I can't believe it. I met him when he was four. Yep. You know what? That's when I met my youngest stepson. Well, he was five at the time. And just that is such a cool age. So been a stepmom for four years now. So what has been the biggest challenge when it comes to stepmotherhood for you? Ooh. (laughs) You're like, how long do you have? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, how long do we have right here, Jamie? No, um, really, if I had to narrow it down, and this is just kind of me being a little bit vulnerable because this is a safe place, is I would say that my husband carrying guilt, you know, seeing him and through his actions just carry so much guilt day to day. No matter how great our co-parenting dynamic is, you know, and I think that we really have come to an, a really great place with co-parenting with my husband's ex-wife or my stepson's mom. And, you know, no matter how loved he is in all areas and with all families, my husband carries so much guilt. And in that guilt, really like just um, bleeds into his actions and just how, you know, we parent. And sometimes we're just not on that same page. But also that goes back into, well, I just need to continue to learn how to have empathy towards how he's feeling towards the situation and just pray that, you know, my husband can heal from that guilt and not carry that. Mm-hmm. And you think the guilt is just around the, you know, his son not having that first family and that, you know, just the extra challenges that come with blended family life? Yeah, it really comes down to, you know, he he wants his son to have one household. And, uh, you know, we I try to dig into the root, but ultimately I just try to listen to his feelings rather than try to solve problems. But it's just he wants him to have that normal um, one family household. And it's just, I, I know that I had to go through my whole grieving process. And I guess we can talk about that a little bit later, but, um, yeah, he just, I want to help him see that this is just a new normal and that it's really, really healthy. And he's so loved. And this is just his normal, even though it's not a normal for us. Yeah. And you know, it's not how you thought life would be. And I think that that's something that a lot of stepmoms, single moms, ex-wives, husbands, like all, everyone who is in a blended family or in a divorce situation, no one thought this is what life was going to be like. We didn't think that we would be stepmoms or, you know, have co-parenting plans or all like the extra stress that we have. So I think it's a grieving process for so many, like no one plans for this. No, not at all. And, you know, if I could tell my old self one thing, you know, right when I became a stepmom is I would have just encouraged myself and even not even just for a stepmom, but like you said, single moms, just people who are brand new to this blended family life is to just grieve, like grieve the idea of what you thought your normal life would be. Grieve the idea of what you thought your future would be. Because I sat in my own brokenness for about three years, just feeling triggered literally over every little thing. And whenever I looked at the patterns of my triggers, 
everything dealt with the co-parenting aspect. Like I was never triggered about anything else. It was just the co-parenting and me being a stepmom. And I said, okay, why am I triggered? And it's because I didn't grieve the idea of what I thought my future would look like, which was just a boy and a girl and my husband. And we have this normal family and not the idea of, well, now if we want to go on vacation, we have to communicate with somebody else to ask permission, if that's okay, if we can go out of state, you know, it's just those little things. And what I had to start telling myself, I grieve that and grieving really truly made so much margin in my heart for acceptance and healing. And literally it was just like a, a light switch. It took me a couple of months, but now I have this mentality that it's not that I have to, it's now that I get to, I get to make a huge impact on this little boy's life. And I get to be, we call myself a helper mom, that I am just a, a, an extension of his mom. Um, and just to help in any role of how they want to, you know, raise our stepson. All right, guys, I'm going to interrupt this episode for a quick second because I just want to make sure that you're up to date on all that is going on in the exclusive stepmom community this summer. So if you're not familiar, the exclusive stepmom community is a platform that I created off social media with next level exclusive content that I do not share anywhere else. Content includes weekly check-ins for me, sharing the ups and downs of my step family life, interviews with experts, tell all podcast episodes, a private forum where you can connect with me, ask questions, get individualized support and connect with over a thousand other stepmoms and more. You get a year's worth of content when you sign up and the expert interviews this summer have blown my mind. Upcoming content includes how to deal with anxiety as a stepmom with Michaela Bucaneri, PhD, a conversation with an estate lawyer on what you need to know about estate planning and blended families, how to and why it's important to grieve as a stepmom, and so much more. Past interviews have included how to save money on lawyers' fees, how to parent children from different marriages under the same roof when you have different parenting values. The list of amazing, game-changing content goes on and on. Now, don't forget this private forum is entirely off of social media and can be completely anonymous. So you don't have to worry about your posts showing up on anyone's newsfeed. This is a safe space for you to connect and seek support. So if you're interested in joining us, visit www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I will catch up with you in the forum. For those who are listening right now and they're like, okay, I get it. I need to grieve this. I'm really struggling because this is not how my life would be. Or I never, this, this isn't how I thought my life would be. What tips do you have just to get through that grieving process? Because someone's like, I don't even know where to start. Like, what does that even mean? Oh, it's ugly. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do right now. Because what we do is when we start to feel those triggers, or we start to feel anger or resentment or bitterness, we keep ourselves busy. We pull out our phone, we scroll on social media to try to distract us from those emotions. I'm going to encourage you to get in a quiet place, whether it's your closet, whether you just ask somebody to come help you watch the kids so you can go for a walk. You grab a journal and you put pen to paper and you get angry and you feel your emotions. You get really real. And if I have my journal actually right next to me, and if I flip back to those pages where I did take time to grieve, 
there's actually watermarks on that paper because I just allow myself to finally cry and just really get real of how I really feel about being a stepmom and no longer hide my emotions about it. Because when I got really real and raw, I was able to almost release something. I Because I feel as though grieving and gratitude, they're not mutually exclusive. You can grieve and have gratitude at the same time. But I feel like every time I do grieve, I'm able to see the gratitudes easier after I'm grieving. Because then after I grieved, I thought, wow, you know, I do have what I've always wanted, which is a boy and a girl. I do have that healthy marriage and a husband who I absolutely adore. And I'm able to see all of my blessings once I grieve. But if we're holding on to this anger and resentment, we can't see that. And so how to grieve? And you won't just do it one time. It's not going to just be a one-time process. It's going to be over and over and over. But before long, you're going to have longer periods of time that you don't feel triggered, that you're at peace. But if if you get to a place where you are feeling triggered again, go back and grieve. Get your journal out. Put your thoughts to paper. I've also just sent an email to a friend that it's a very close friend that I can trust my heart with, that it's a judgment-free zone. And just by emailing it to somebody and I asked her, you could read it, but don't respond back. I just need to get it out to someone. And if you can find a safe place, I would just encourage you to do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I, I think that so often stepmoms don't want to do that because they don't want to admit how they feel. And they almost feel this guilt for feeling the way they feel about their step family life. And that's why it's so important to talk about things. That's why it's so important to have a community because the way that most stepmoms are feeling, that they feel guilty for feeling, is actually very, very normal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because it's such a hard topic to talk about, right? Because there's so many layers. And so most people don't talk about it because we don't know how to deliver a message so that it's not offending another party. Um, You know, and I understand that it's hard. And so I've always seen like two polarizing messages, right? One message about being a stepmom where it's kind of the highlight reel. Like I'm a stepmom and it's all these beautiful pictures and you're not really talking about it and that's okay. But then there's this other polarizing message where it's almost like on social media, it's a a stepmom account that's anonymous. You don't know who runs it and it's just negativity and just complaining about the situation. But how can we actually get to where somewhere in the middle where we're open about talking about it? But it's a community of women also who want to improve and better themselves because me and my husband, we have this saying, be the first to pour the wine. You know, whenever there is turmoil or confrontation or arguments or disagreements, we try to put our pride aside and be the first person to pour the wine, be the first person to reach out and um, just make things right. And I'm just in this season where I just want to continue to grow and help other women grow and the best way to do that is I started to grow the most, Jamie, when I started to speak to the single moms or the biological moms who are in the blended family to try to get their perspective of the situation. How are they feeling? Because when I have more perspective, I have more empathy towards my stepson's mom and I have more patience and I have more grace. And I also started to speak to the children 
that were brought up in a blended family? What did they like about their step parent? Why were they so close to them? What did they love about him? And ultimately, it was just that they gave them unconditional love and a safe place. They didn't try to replace the parent. It was just a safe place. And then you have the opposite where, you know, they weren't close to them and they had resentment. Okay, why? And so by hearing what they loved and it's always the same pattern, it's helping me to be able to show up as a better um, helper mom, bonus mom, stepmom to my stepson. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important to hear other people's perspectives. And, you know, there's been times when I've gotten some backlash from people saying, you know, you really, really promote empathy. And I feel like you're all pro ex-wife or pro-mom, be like, because you're always trying to tell us to think about it from their perspective. And it's not that that's my take on it, but I do think that when you are in any high conflict situation or any challenging situation, it doesn't even have to be high conflict, taking a moment to really think about everyone else's perspective and how they are experiencing the very same situation can go so far in how you're able to deal with it. Like it, there's how many players in it, right? So you have like five, you have the, the ex-wife, you have the ours baby, you have the step kid, you have maybe your biological child, you have, you know, your husband, there's so many different players here. And it's crazy how we can all experience the very, very same situation in such a different way. Absolutely. Yes. And I had to surrender that as well, that no matter how much, how much I try to explain to my husband how hard my role is, he will never fully understand. No. No matter how much detail. And guess what? I will never understand his role and how hard it is that he can only see his son half the time. I'll never understand that. And I'll never understand my stepson's mom's role. You know, what it must be like for you know, her son to be around another woman half the time. Like, I'll never understand that. But just by me saying it out loud, man, it even pulls out more empathy for me to have more grace. And I've been learning to really sit back and respond to a situation rather than react. Our knee-jerk reaction is to just, you know, have that confrontation, you know, lash back out. But I try to just sit back and reflect, okay, why did this trigger me? Rather than thinking about, okay, what did he or, or how did it make me feel? I want to think about what did he or she say that made me feel this way? Why am I triggered? And it really just goes back to my own mess that I need to still heal from. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. It's like, what story am I telling myself here? Like, what insecurities is this bringing up in me? Like, it, it really comes down to you, right? And sometimes when we are triggered by a lot of step family stuff, it it's not necessarily how someone's treating us. It's how we feel about ourselves and how we're able to deal with the extra stress in our life, that that's what it brings out. But unless you're ready to really dive into that, you're not going to be able to move forward. And it's it's a hard process. Preach it. Like if <laughs> I get down and I really keep digging and digging and digging, let's get to the root of this. You know, usually when I feel triggered and I'm going to get to the root, it's because I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel heard. I don't feel important. And I'm feeling misunderstood. Mm-hmm. That's like the root. 
And then if you keep digging, it's an insecurity. It's an insecurity within my own self. You know what I mean? And so once I'm able to just identify like, okay, I have some more work to do because I don't want to continue to feel triggered. I don't want to be a big ball of resentment walking around every day because I have an amazing life. I have a, a husband that I, I just, I, it just keeps getting better. As cheesy as it sounds, like I feel like that's kind of like the notebook Pinterest kind of stuff. But No, I, I totally agree. But do you feel like that is because you have gone through so much tough stuff at the very beginning of your relationship that it only gets better because you learn how to solve these issues together and you're growing together. Because I always say when it comes to blended families or in your stepmom, like there is no honeymoon phase. Like those first years are freaking hard. But once you can do the work and get through it, you are left with this strong marriage. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, me and my husband, we made the decision and, you know, you have to kind of hit rock bottom, like rock bottom is a solid foundation on which you rebuilt your life. And, you know, to tell you guys my real story, like if you want to get real of what really happened. So me and my husband, we were dating for six months and we knew we were both, I was married before. I didn't have any children from that marriage. And obviously he did. But, you know, on day four, we knew we were going to get married. Like, you know, we just, we knew and we wanted to elope, but things didn't go as planned. And within six months of dating, we found out we were pregnant and uh, he was so over the moon happy. And I was so scared. I was not ready to be a mom. I was living by myself. I had my dog. I was sleeping to 10 30 AM every day. Cause I was, you know, working from home. It was amazing. And so we eloped, um, two months later. So eight months of dating, I was 14 weeks pregnant, you guys. And that Thursday night before the wedding, I slept in my house and I slept until like 1030, you know, of the wedding day. And then we had a little mini honeymoon for a weekend in New Orleans. And on that Monday, I was a stepmom. I was waking up at 5 a.m. making pancakes, trying to do the school drop off. And it was like a light switch where I'm pregnant with all of these hormones. I'm overwhelmed. And now I have all of these roles that I'm not used to. And so for those six months of dating or seven or eight months before we got married, I was just a friend. I was a play date for my stepson. Literally, he saw me as a friend. And then I get married and I would also tell my old self this, don't hop into this disciplinarian role. I was like a light switch that, oh, now I'm his parent. So now I need to start disciplining. I need to start doing this. And then that caused a division between me and my stepson. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have eased more into it, but everything happened so fast. And so that 2017 year was a train wreck. It was so much of a train wreck where I thought maybe I made the mistake. Maybe we should not have gotten married because it was that hard. And I really regret telling my husband that because you can't take those words back that the D word, you know, mm -hmm. in 2018, we made a commitment that we were going to grow our marriage more than we were. We we're going to focus on growing our marriage more than anything else. And so we started going to counseling um, twice a month. We joined a marriage small group through church. We did our own small groups with women. He's in his men's small group. And we have still continued to do that two and a half years later. We still go to counseling. And every time we show up, we're like, why are we even here? Like, this is the happiest we've ever been. But you have to fix your roof before it rains. You have to continue to build that solid foundation because 
we're either going into a crisis, in a crisis, or coming out of a crisis. And so I want to just encourage women and men that don't go to counseling just when things are hard. You know, don't think of counseling as, you know, it's an embarrassing thing. I'm proud of it. I say it loud and proud because I know what it's done for our marriage. Oh, for, oh my gosh. Yes. I could not agree more. But we haven't gone as a couple, but I have gone on my own and I do life coaching and all the things. And I'm really like, you need to work on yourself. And you'd have to keep working. It's not like something you can just check off your to-do list. Like, oh, we went to counseling, check, you know, dealt with that. Like life is always evolving and there's always stuff that comes up. And you, if you're not continuing to work on yourself and work on your marriage, work on your perspective, then you're going to find yourself blindsided or back in the place that you were, you know, at the very beginning. 100%. Yeah. You know what? I love that you're talking about how those first years were so hard. I honestly, I don't think Darren and I would still be married if we didn't do the work we did. Actually, I'm very, very confident we wouldn't have been. Like, it was just so hard. Our communication skills, the way we were dealing with conflict, like how overwhelmed I felt with my role. I am very much like you. I'm like, I wish I didn't go in and, you know, just be all in at the very beginning. I wish I would have just kind of eased in even more than I did because I did ease in, but I could have just eased a little bit more, right? But I think that's so important to say to people because I know there's people who are going to be listening to this podcast. They're like, okay, yeah, two stepmoms who have it all together. Like, that's great. You know, I'm over here struggling and, you know, sitting on the bathroom floor crying, but we were sitting on the bathroom floor crying. That's what we were doing too. That's the place where we were at. And if you want change, and I always say this, like, if you want change in your life, you need to change something in your life. Like you can sit around and you can wait for your husband to change or your partner to change or your stepkid to start listening to you or the ex-wife to stop doing whatever she's doing that's triggering you. But you're going to be sitting there in a whole ball of resentment and nothing's going to change because people don't change unless they want to. Yeah. I mean, I love this podcast so much. I know. It's so good. (laughs) I love this topic so much because, you know, you just made me reflect back and it's taken two and a half years to really get to this place, you know, two and a half years of consistent work. And, you know, it was just us working on our marriage and my husband, he really didn't see the need at first because we want to push our husbands, right? Like we want them to grow. Like if we're growing, boo, you got to grow. But Mm -hmm. men are different, you know? And so me and my husband, we read this book um, in our marriage small group. It's called Love and Respect, life-changing book. Okay. Love and Respect, life-changing book of just how men and women feel loved. And I really had to work on growing myself. And so I joined a women's small group. I would go every Monday in person for two hours. It was such a huge commitment for four months. It was life-changing. And my husband saw the changes that I was making, and he was craving that. And so he then, later on, joined his men's small group. And he goes every Tuesday or before all the quarantine happened. He was going every Tuesday um, at 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm making that sacrifice. And so just know that you're going to have to lead from the front in this. They're not going to just dive right in. They're going to have to see your changes, see the changes in your heart, and then they're going to want to come together. So you're going to have to be the first to pour the wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love that. That is such a good That is such a good quote card. That needs to be on a quote card. You need to be the first to pour the wine. <laughs> you know what? As a stepmom, like when I'm looking back on this and we're having these conversations, I'm just so grateful that there's people who are willing to have them. Like people who are willing to be super vulnerable and say, 
It is so hard because one of the reasons why I started the platform and started doing what I do is because when I first became a STEM mom, no one was talking about this stuff, right? Like no one, everyone's encouraging moms to be raw and real about the struggles that come with motherhood and all, you know, just be super, super raw all over social media. You get a stepmom who does that and there's still very much this, I think it's getting better, but still the stigma about that just being authentic, right? And I think this vulnerability is so, so needed in this community. Yeah, I mean, I think I found you through a hashtag. Honestly, it was probably maybe two years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a stepmom talking about being a stepmom because I was really craving people to be talking about it openly and I couldn't find it. And then when I stumbled upon your thing, I bought the Kick-Ass Stepmom Project. I told all my stepmom friends to go follow you. They bought this Kick-Ass Stepmom Project. And so it's all coming around full circle because Jamie, it's been two years since I've been following you. And now to be on this podcast and you were a huge catalyst for my growth as well. And so I just, I really want to thank you. I know that we've never met, but you were changing women's lives and you were a catalyst for helping women change their lives. Oh my God. That is like the nicest thing that anyone has ever said to me. So thank you. You know, I guess I just really want to bring people along the journey, right? Like I never want to pretend that we have it all together, but I, we've just come such a long way. And I just want to encourage women to do the work because you're the only one who's in control of your life. Like you are the boss of your life, right? And if you want change, it's on you. Absolutely. I'm just so proud of you. I really am. Well, I'm proud of you too. I'm like, oh my God, we're best friends now. We just met (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) Like, this is so good. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey. We're definitely going to have to have you back on. Um, There's so much more that I want to dive into about your business and your perspective and all the things. So my community is definitely going to be hearing from all things Amy. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I'm honored to be here. And I really do hope that we can circle back around because girl, I had like three more hours left in me about this. So oh, yeah, we will definitely do that. All right. Thank you so much, Amy. You're welcome. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.